This episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. Today we'll be talking about letterboxing, fibbing knitters, and the points where crafting and gardening meet. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> recently, you guys, I've been doing a lot of uh, crafting for fun for the first time in like, I don't know, since coronavirus started. <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, um, what even is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a it's a familiar yet unfamiliar feeling. Yes. But I'm excited that I'm in some kind of version of normal again. Sort of. Sort That's of. That's awesome. <laughs> normal sort of. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I, like, normal, I mean normal ish. I feel like that's fine. Yeah. Yes. I'm taking I'm taking the win. As you yeah. should. Mm-hmm. It is As a you win. should. <laughs> How about you? Well, I have been crafting just for myself. It's been very nice to have that uh, going. I'm doing that as we speak right now. I have the crochet out and crochet. I said that's so weird. Crochet. The crochet. The crochet. <laughs> you, you, already, you already have a kind of notorious pronunciation of the word embroidery. Do I? You say really? It? Yeah, embroidery. Embroidery. It's like, a, it's like an old-timey thing. My friend oh. Matt even has said... Is she the one who says embroidery weird to me? I have never noticed that. <laughs> say the word, Molly. Say the word. Wow. Wow. I can't well, if we're going there, <laughs> if we're going there, yeah. I've al- I've always h- heard it worsted weight. What do you say? You say worsted. Worst- yeah, I say I say I- that too. But my yeah. grandma said worsted. Yeah, mm. I think I got worsted probably from my grandma. Yeah. Anyway, mm. embroidery. <laughs> you have to embroidery. Sound, you have to make your R's extra American and extra hard. <laughs> Wait, I said worsted. embroidery. Worsted. I think I, I do a between. <laughs> I, I, there, there's an apostrophe in mine. I think there's an apostrophe in embroidery when Molly says it. Probably. It's very charming. Well, thank you. Now I'm <laughs> going to be super conscious. I'm glad I'm not talking about that oh, no. at all today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I think I say it the way Molly says it. And you guys actually do it for you. real on like me. I say so. embroidery. <laughs> embroidery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've never thought about it. Like now that's all floss. I can think about. Sorry. I just ruined yeah. the whole podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I love that we went down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. because... I- yeah, I definitely, I do the exact same thing that Molly does. Yeah. Huh. Ye uh, old embroidery. Listeners, please weigh in. Yes. <laughs> tell us, tell us uh, via social media how you, how you say this or leave a comment or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, what I, I was, feel like there are so many things that we should have people weigh in on with yeah. recordings. <laughs> yeah. But you were this talking about feels- crochet. Crochet, yeah. That's not actually what I was even going to talk about. I was going to talk about something that I saw on Instagram that I sent in to you guys, and just mm-hmm. I just have to mention it here. Not even just for you. It, like, listeners need to know about the giant yarn ball cat bed 
that I encountered <laughs> a picture, a whole series of photos uh, that someone was so proud to make for their cat. It's really, really adorable. It even has giant Aww. knitting needles uh, stuck into the sides. But, yeah, um, that makes me so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's a whole series of like, look what I made and my cat loves it. And then the cat just wrecks the whole thing. And... <laughs> And lays on top of it. No and lays on top of it, which is exactly what a cat would do. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was doomed from the beginning, I think. But anyway, that's all I wanted to mention. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But this is just... It's pretty adorable. It's yeah. It's pretty adorable. Like, the whole thing. Actual lol. Actual lol territory. Yes. Anyway. As they say. Indeed. That's it um. with my crochet and embroidery. <laughs> Sorry, Molly. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> what you got, Haley? Um, I I have a complaint. Uh-oh. Okay. On the very last stitch of the secret project that I've been working on for the past two weeks, I stabbed my finger with a blunt cross stitch needle, Mm-mm. and it bled. No, no. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And it happened to be my thumb. I don't have any idea how I. Stabbed my thumb on the opposite hand. Um, you were just so ready to be done. Yeah. And then I was holding <laughs> yeah. the project with that thumb and did not know it was bleeding. Oh. It was fine. Like, it, it was a very immediate, it was about to be soaked and put in, um, in a wash tub and, like, it didn't soak in very far because of the. Do you call it sizing? That's that yeah. stiffens. Um, Ada cloth. I would. I would assume that's still. Speaking of words that people pronounce, yes, thirty-seven <laughs> different ways. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, <Yay>, the, <laughs> the sizing saved me, and it was just, it was a tiny, tiny drop. It was like. It, it was a pinprick, yeah. but still. Ouch. It's like, really? On the last stitch. That's, not, that's, that's the way it goes, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That sucks, though. So, yeah, I, I would Sorry. just like to lodge a complaint with um, whomever is in charge of crafts broadly. Yes. Crafting I need to, I need to talk to whoever that person is, like, in general, on a daily basis. So like right. you're like you want to speak with the manager of crafts? Is that what we're talking about now? Oh, oh. my gosh, I'm a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to all Karens out there. We actually like you. It's we're true. sorry your we're sorry your name has become synonymous with yes. wanting to speak we with like the manager. We like you. We don't necessarily like the stereotype. Yeah, yes, so much. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yes, I I would like to speak to its manager. <laughs> all right. Does that mean I have to get a haircut? Mm. Does it mean you have to leave the house? <laughs> oh, oh dear. Also a relevant well, that question. Ain't yeah. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> so so that's that. That's that. Well, <laughs> before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to a new serious friend of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who is now supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to the marvelous Magnificent Melissa. You're the best. Huzzah! Thank you. 
marvelous and magnificent. Yeah, I gotta add that alliteration. I can only think of words that start with mal, and those are never good words. (laughs) No, marvelous, marvelous, Melissa. Marvelous is good. Magical. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. Anyway. Maker probably applies. Yeah. Marvelous, magical maker Melissa. Yes. So, let's get into this. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I posted two Instagram stories, like you do during the pandemic, because there's nothing else to do. Um, I realized, based on the really strong reaction to what I posted, um, that there is quite a bit of crossover between gardeners and crafters. Yeah, Um, sure. And then when I've talked a little bit about gardening on the podcast, because before recent weeks, um, I haven't really had the mojo for crafting. So there's context for everybody who's missed an episode or two. So... It, like I like I was saying, it's not totally surprising that there's overlap between gardening and crafty people because they're kind of sister arts, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and lately, even though I started knitting again, the gardening obsession continues because it's spring and that's always what I want to do in spring. Excuse me. Other than just sewing. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Specifically, the reason I'm bringing up gardening again, though, on a crafting podcast is it did not occur to me before a few weeks ago. That one can make topiaries very easily indoor out of just houseplants. Yes. Um, a lot of people, and then I posted about it and I got a lot of DMs again from people being like, I had no idea you could do this. So I thought I would let more people know on this podcast that yes, you can make topiaries out of your pothos or your English ivy or your lavender or your rosemary. Or your monstera Addisoni. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how you're supposed to say so, that. So, just a heads I did up. actually recently. I mean, some of one. those that would like ivy. Yes, I would. That doesn't surprise. The lavender. I don't think I've ever seen lavender topiary before. Mm-hmm. You can do. I've seen people do. Um, so there's there's like four different main categories of topiaries. Um, oh, like types of them. Okay. <laughs> um, I had no idea. And so a prune topiary, I think you see these more in Southern home decor. At least I've seen them on Southern home decor blogs and okay. in my sister-in-law's house in Arkansas. <laughs> um, sure. And so they're, they're like a perfectly spherical topiary, usually on a long skin, like a skinny, um, like tree trunk. And sure. so, and often because it's a house plant, it's like a rosemary or a lavender or a jade. And so much like you would make a topiary outdoors, you just prune it as you go. So you're manicuring it into a topiary shape. Sure. Again, Um, wouldn't have thought to do that with mm -hmm. lavender. Yeah. And I really want to do it with lavender because I love lavender. And I'm curious to know how it would survive. Um, I can't remember if lavender is used for the spherical balls, but I'll put it in the uh, show notes, all, all the stuff I'm bringing up. But anyway... So in an effort to not ramble on forever, um, the, the other types are like um, hollow topiaries. And so that's when you give yourself some kind of frame or structure to grow your plant onto. Yeah, that's right. what I've got. And that one I think is more common. Um, and what I'm doing for my t- first topiary is using my English ivy that was getting like, it had like four long vines. And I was like, mm-hmm. this just looks kind of dumpy in this pot. And I would like a little more height, but I don't want to just like, I don't know shove a dowel in there and twist tie it and call it a day because that doesn't look very compelling sure um and oh they make they make pretty ones Mm -hmm. but the idea Mm -hmm. that i'm liking is making it myself because i can kind it's almost like a growing craft project so for my english ivy i just braided it into a ring and i've used twist ties and like 
grilling skewers to get the shape to work. So I didn't have to order any special supplies. Cool. And um, I also, for the pothos that I think I want to do a topiary with next, I've just cut off a bunch of leaves so I can propagate them so I can grow some more um, long strands of plant to eventually braid or otherwise work into a shape. Would you like me to send you some strands? Uh, no, boy. I have a lot. <laughs> 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 they keep growing. They multiply. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so the other two, um, the other two things I just wanted to mention for the crafter slash gardener overlap people in the room with me. Um, stuffed topiaries are another one I want to try. So you have like a frame of something, um, but your growing medium is what you grow your thing into. So picture like, so with English ivy, it's just an open braided wreath, like a flower crown, except it has roots. But for the stuffed version, you might have like a wreath form that's made out of like moss or something that's stuffed somehow with soil and you can grow like succulents directly on it. And so that's really cool too. Very nice. I like that idea. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like you don't have to be a master gardener to do it. You basically just have to like pay regular to attention to it and manicure it like a bonsai tree or even like a fairy garden. Um, and it's really fun. And I think it's an affordable and appropriately time consuming, distracting, like side hobby. (laughs) Well, and it really does have a craft element to it, which is fun and a kind of a, it just becomes a new medium. Also, Mm -hmm. I've never thought about braiding plants before. Mm-hmm. And I've been recently working on some friendship bracelet projects. And now all I can think about is like making a plant friendship bracelet. That's really cute. That would be really <laughs> fun, actually. I, I want to, this, it, I, when I worked on the topiary, I kept thinking about how much I used to love trying to make dandelion flower crowns every time I watched uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yep. <laughs> she does that in the movie. <laughs> And I feel like there's there could be some fun potential for like incorporating weaving into like living plants. So that yes. might be like some crazy thing I do someday. That would be very cool. That would be very yeah. cool. But the key is that they can dry out because you're you're manipulating the the stems. Sure. Um, okay. And so that's like the big thing is like just make sure you don't let them dry out because they'll die. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. You don't want to kill your project. That's my topiary um, evangelizing for the day. Let me know if you have any questions, y'all. I have lots of links for the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. I love it. That excites me very much. That Um, actually was one of the, I I don't know how to say it. It's a Japanese word. um, Kokedama um, is the ball, like um, sphagnum moss ball that hangs that you can plant other plants out of. Mm-hmm. And it was by far one of the most popular tutorials when I was an editor at Craft. Oh, yeah. I bet. And it just yeah. made me think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe plant, maybe because gardening is trending so much, plant, just all plant-related hobbies are just going to continue to go up, especially as people are home. I, I mean, so many people are having gardens that have never had gardens yeah. like building garden boxes and mm-hmm. raised gardens and stuff i i'm just seeing it all over yeah I well think and it's lovely succulents were already <laughs> like a big trend before this mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. it kind of seems like this would be the natural thing to follow it yeah natural <laughs> <laughs> oh and if you learn how to propagate plants which is really easy if you've never done it 
uh, depending mm-hmm. on the plant variety. They make very, they make terribly touching, like wholesome gifts, like for neighbors and stuff. That's why yeah. that's what I like too. If I've got a succulent and I'm like, I already have twelve jades, I chuck it in a little Dixie cup, and people think it's so cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's true. And it's a oh, lot man. less work than like an actual craft project. <laughs> also true. That's true. It's kind of the project that makes itself. Exactly. That's why gardening is great. It just keeps doing its own work. You just I set mean, it up for success and walk away. Not, not really, though, is the problem. Although certain things like to be ignored, like succulents. They would rather you not look at them, please. Um, and I know because I'm an excellent grower of succulents. Mm-hmm. I have millions of them. Um, not really, but hundreds possibly uh yeah succulents succulents getting into succulents is not unlike taking on a new pet because they just keep going like and they there's more of them and they change and they have different needs yeah they're they're an adventure (laughs) and i have so many of them (laughs) I, i have so many that they're that my husband and i have a split rotation of who's responsible for watering what area of plant <laughs> yeah it's a I lot like of it. control um anyway um now that we've had plant hour <laughs> yes that's that's yes. what i that's what i bring to the podcast during coronavirus baby i love it <laughs> i like it happy. okay so going in a different direction that does not involve touching nature um, <laughs> Ugh, nature. What are we touching? I what know. are we touching now, Molly? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, so I the we have a Disney Plus subscription because family, Disney fans, all of that. Anyway, they have a new show that they added called The Big Fib. And it didn't really look like anything I wanted to watch necessarily. But in the promotion for it, I think like an email that I got from Disney Plus, they said that it included the the idea of this show is two experts and you have to determine which is the real expert and which is actually lying and Mm -hmm. don't know. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, the promotion said that it included knitting as one of the topics. And I was like, "Ooh, this is interesting. I want to I'll have to check this out. So I jumped ahead to just the episode with knitting. I didn't watch through the the show. And, okay, spoiler alert, I was really disappointed by this show. It's definitely intended to be a kid's show, which doesn't bother me necessarily. But it felt like, it felt like a flashback to, like, 90s Nickelodeon game shows, but kind of upping the cheese factor. Mm. So I just wasn't How really into it. How could you up the cheese fact? I'm just thinking of Double Dare. Like, right? how yeah. is yes. that possible? It, Speaking it of just, which, Double Dare was so great. And yes. I went to a showing once. Cool. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I yeah, didn't I had on. the home edition. I was sad. Oh, man. Yeah. So oh, anyway, so I watched too. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the, the way that the show works is they have a short, like, warm-up fib 
thing. And then they've got the more extensive one where they're like interviewing, you know, people and doing these lightning rounds and all that sort of thing. So the short version was the knitting one. And we had two knitters, one of whom was a guy who they introduced as Luis. And then they Mm -hmm. had, and you know, he had his knitting with him and he was wearing his little knit sweater. And then they had the other expert who looked like a caricature of a grandma with like yarn all over the place. And she clearly wasn't a grandma. She was like my age, but with, you know, the, the bun hair and like the, you know, extra padding added to her and all of that. And I was immediately disappointed because you looked at her and knew that that she wasn't going to be the expert. It was too obvious that that was the caricature. So already I was disappointed. But I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. But the the fun thing about it, by the way, at the end of this, the the kid who is guessing um, gets it right. He uh, says that Luis must be the expert, and they are correct. It's Luis Boria who uh, is Brooklyn Boy Knits, and he tells a little bit about what he does, and of course he knit his sweater that he's wearing and so on. The kid who guessed it also knits, and I thought it was really, oh, it was cool that that he was familiar with knitting and could identify that and, and so on. Well, then he probably well, well, already knew who he was. <laughs> it's quite possible that he recognized him, which would be kind of funny. And that maybe they were not expecting on the show, or maybe they kind of knew and thought that would just be fun. My, uh, so Lewis's whole, like he did a whole advertising campaign last year with uh, Lion Brand. I think it's still ongoing. He's like the okay. PR spokesman for Hat Not Hate. And his whole deal is that yes. he's a boy who knits and it's about not bullying. So I have a hunch yep. that that was the pitch for that entire episode. <laughs> Sorry to ruin sense. TV magic. Yeah. It's all fake. No, it absolutely makes sense uh, that it would uh, be also, that Also, that's way. great. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I loved that part of it. Even mm-hmm. though I was disappointed with how they put it together, like, oh, well, it was really obvious. It, it was still overall positive to, yeah. to, show, and Lewis, to show it that Lewis way. And Lewis is, like, the nicest guy. He's really, really sweet. Yeah, he seems fantastic. Obviously, I, I have not met him, but, um, yeah. Uh, but what was kind of fun about the caricature is that she had... Um, she made references to the like that that knitting championship. We talked about it on a half stitched episode where they do like heavy metal music and knitting. Mm. And she has them oh, like yes. play some some heavy metal music and she starts like, you know, kind of knitting like crazy and and it was she talks about like competing in this championship. So at one point I did think have I made a mistake? And maybe she's just one of those crazy championship knitters that that does that sort of thing. But uh, no, she was just playing at it all. But it was kind of fun to have that reference in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I feel like, like maybe nice. they did do some research. Oh, exactly. That's <laughs> nice. I really yeah. appre- I feel like I was like, oh, my God, screw this show. Until you said that the um, child doing the guessing was a boy who... Um, was just so excited to meet Lewis because that's like what his whole like mission is. And that's really sweet. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. yeah, So I was glad to see, I was glad to see knitting 
in a mostly positive light because I've I know I've also talked and maybe this was also on a half stitch but talking about like how crafts show up in media but uh yeah generally knitting positive in the show just not highly recommended as a show in general that's Fair my enough. word Fair on enough. the big fib yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. so um on a completely different note from uh television shows <laughs> um because i've been working on a big project and for me that involves a lot of preparation um i it got me to thinking about just preparing for projects in general and how different people do it in different ways and so like i am a very a very particularly organized person like I tend to have things set up in a very specific way. And so um like when I'm getting ready to start a big project, I tend to do things like pre-cut embroidery floss and pre-thread needles and like basically do anything that will mean that if I have like 10 extra minutes that I can just pick up a project and start it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I know people who that's how they're like for hand quilting, they rethread all of their needles for that so that it's ready to go, which is yeah, not my way at all. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, there's nothing more irritating than like being halfway through a line of stitches, like especially since I do a lot of cross stitch. Um, being halfway through a line of stitches and like reaching the end of the floss and then like having to like having that be the last strand of that color and so then I have to unwind and then separate the strands and do all the things and so as often as possible I kind of I do that stuff ahead of time so I tend to have like um like basic kits for the different kinds of projects that I do. Right. And this isn't a thing that works for everyone, but it really helps me get my brain organized for either starting big design projects or just starting a project that's for me. Um so like I have a zippered bag that has all of my like knitting and crochet necessities in it that I can drop in whatever drawstring project bag that I might have. Um, and that really works for me. Mm-hmm. And having like boxes specifically set up with supplies for specific different kinds of crafts, I find to be really helpful for making the most of small parts of time, especially when working on a deadline as a designer, but it's also applicable for people who are just trying to find a little bit of time in their day to work on a project. Yeah, I, that is when I do a big English paper piecing project. So that's like, like I just started 
I just am, have launched my summer reading stitching club. and Which is so cool. Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, I love your stitching clubs. Uh, thank you. I, my, although at times I have tried working on the different pieces one at a time, like I'll work on, you know, like I'll do like a week's worth or like a section of the, the, a quilt at a time. The better, the thing that works better for me now I've learned is have all of my templates ready, glue all of the templates, trim all of the fabric. Yep. Then do, you know, so that those, those, the fabric and the templates are ready for me so that when I have time, I can sit down and baste a bunch of them. Yeah. It's like lowering the barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have like some projects that are really big where I have not done that for the whole thing. Like my, my never ending sprockets quilt is very much like, (laughs) yeah, it's, yeah, it's never ending. Um, I have purposely not done that for that project because I wanted to be able to add in new fabrics along the way. And like, you know, oh sure, you know, as I collect essentially new fabrics that they make their way into the quilt. So I've been intentional about that. that. And yet also I have pre-made many of the pieces so that they're ready to go when the next pieces come along. And so that has helped me with that. But then in other ways, I, I'm not that organized. So it's, it Mm -hmm. really just, it, and sometimes it's not even organization. It's just like, I, I want to be able to just pick up the thing and do whatever and grab what's nearby and, and I can function that way. Mm-hmm. And then other times, no, other times I'm very prepared or I very like plot out the whole thing. Yeah. If it, and yeah. That does tend to be my style. And it is specifically with the intent of not being stressed out about whether I have what I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think and, that's especially yeah. with especially with crafts that have a lot of components to it, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, totally. I feel like the uh, knitting or crochet end of this, like, because Molly, when you were talking about breaking down a really big project into workable chunks for planning purposes, I think some knitters and crocheters who do, who live their life with a lot of works in progress... Yeah, I think they might, I think the, ver- the the knitting and crochet version of this might be just jockeying between projects and having to remember what notions you left in which bag. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you if you're thinking about it from that perspective, I just remember that there's this thing that exists. Well, everybody knows about the um about the idea of using like a Altoid tin for putting your stitch markers and stuff if you're someone who is bringing stitch markers along with you. Um, there's this thing that exists called the Knit Kit. They're not a sponsor yes, or anything. I love it. I yes. have found that a lot of people under 30 have never heard of the Knit Kit when I'm at, like, knit nights in the city. And I'm always like, seriously? Because this oh, has no. a tape measure and scissors and everything in it. So, like, if you don't want to have to remember to put, like, to check off your checklist of stitch marker, yep. scissor, ruler, that thing literally has it, like, built in with, like, fitted compartments for everything oh yeah and that's exactly like that's definitely that's the things that i throw in a project yeah yeah totally um like i forgot about without even thinking about it 
I think I got mine because you had, or because you were talking about one on the podcast at some oh, I think that like was like the <laughs> a long ways <laughs> back. Yeah, no, I think it was the first season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah knit, crit, knit kits, they're great. They are. Great. Yeah. Yeah, my, my knitting prep is make sure I have all the yarn. Knit a swatch. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as I long mean, as long as you say knit a swatch, <laughs> yeah. you're ahead of like a lot, of, a large percentage. Of people. I mean, I yeah. still have a few projects that I don't do that with, but you know, yeah, yeah. that's because. Well, and one other thing that I think is super helpful when preparing for a project, um, especially if it's going to be either something that is new to you, like a new skill, or something that is going to take a long time or be a much bigger project mm-hmm. is um instead of like thinking about the most ideal like floss color or fabric or whatever it might be um yarn color to actually pull out your stash while you're planning the project and figuring out what you need so you can look to see if you've got something that works. Like, do I really need this DMC yellow that is almost indistinguishable from the one that I already have, but that I would have to order? Mm-hmm. No. No, I don't. Yes. I, so that is especially true now when it's harder to just pop out to a store and buy what you need (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and that is a really good point i i think that's also maybe what got me thinking about preparation as well that makes sense yeah when i was working on the big project that i've been working on for the past couple of weeks i said yes and then realized that if I don't have what I need on hand right now, I'm not going to be able to get what I need in time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, I live in New York City. Usually, like, I can get same-day Amazon if I need to. Yeah. Um, or I can pop down to any number of specialty craft stores on the subway and it will be fine. But right now, that is simply not an option. And so... Like, the pressure to have all the details planned out was much higher stakes right now when we're sheltering in place. Yeah. There's also something very soothing about taking the time to plan a larger project and doing the math so that you know you have everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to think that that was, like, a designer-specific anxiety, and then I was like, especially now, no, that is a universal. (laughs) Yeah. No, so it's really, really comforting to just be like, ah, yes, this is a thing within my control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> this episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. EGA is a community of stitch-minded people who inspire passion for the needle arts through education and the celebration of its heritage. Join today to become a member of the community, gain access to educational opportunities, projects, and more. Learn more at egausa.org. 
So, another craft that keeps catching my attention lately, and very intrepid listeners will recall that this was how I started talking about Latch Hook on the podcast during season one. (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, there's this craft that keeps getting my attention, so that's a flag for me mentally on where... (laughs) what I'm going to be doing in the next few months. Uh, But anyway, I started playing with macrame a bit right before I started working on my book last uh, around Christmas time and had to kind of squash that flame after doing like a life, like a larger than life style macrame friendship bracelet inspired wall hanging. Um, And it was so fun. And it was a lot like knitting where I could just only have my bag of yarn and just mindlessly work on it. And it sounds like the right vibe for right now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think first of all, planters are what I'll do since planters are kind of the iconic thing to make in macrame. But as soon as I realized that's what I wanted to do first, I realized I was doing yet another gardening adjacent craft. So <laughs> at least I'm staying consistent. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say that this seems to be very on brand for you at the moment. At least for the spring 2020 brand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel again, I've said it before. No rules right now. Mm-hmm. That's right. None. It's Just awesome. go with it. <laughs> I'm excited to have your blessing. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. I am the queen of crafts. <laughs> That's wait, all I wait. Am I the manager that I want to? Speak? Oh no! <laughs> Maybe I, you are. I feel like that would be so perfect, <laughs> and be like, I'm gonna have to have a conversation and be like, nope, sorry, that's just how it is, and then that would end the conversation. <laughs> oh, just write myself a note. No. <laughs> Can I make a confession? Yes. About writing notes to people. I once <laughs> I once worked in a workplace with someone who would who loved to leave notes about mistakes that you had made. Oh jeez. Oh good. And, That's nice. And I got so tired of it that I would read the notes. I would take note of it even though it was literally a mistake. Like I wasn't intending to do it, obviously. I would yeah. read the note and I would walk directly over to the shredder and I would drop it in. And it was yeah. it was the best way for me to deal oh, with that. That is so yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the most directly aggressive answer to a passive aggressive uh <laughs> happening. Yes. That was how that was how I got through dealing with that particular coworker. Oh, <laughs> I feel soothed just thinking about it. I just keep thinking about lighters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't want to accidentally burn anything down, actually. I mean, if you've got a metal trash can. (laughs) Oh, dear. I say as someone who has absolutely accidentally lit their trash can on fire. (laughs) Not not home, but it It, was. It happens. When I was in in publishing. Oh, no. Oh, dear. In publishing seems like the worst place to start a trash can on fire. Yeah, there's lots of It was a metal trash can, and it was mine. (laughs) Okay. I will start a fire in this trash can if I want to burn for more than like two seconds. Okay. It was, yeah. I dropped a match in there, but hadn't, it was, it smoldered. It was, uh, (laughs) then I poured my water on it. It was fine. I was hoping for something way more exciting there, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, although the fire marshal for our floor um, was definitely in my office. 
So I can only imagine the crap I would have gotten. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Also, there was a sprinkler system. Can you imagine a sprinkler system going off in a publishing office? Yeah, it's so... The the sprinklers going off is often way... Causes so much more damage than the Mm -hmm. fire itself. If you can contain the fire quickly, it's not as bad as the sprinklers. Terrible. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) In topics of projects that... Potentially could get messy or dangerous, but I don't think would start a fire unless I did it really wrong. Uh, oh, I can figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's this. Is, I haven't looked into it deeply enough to know how flammable it is. But I've talked about like this was a long time ago. I talked about someone on Instagram. Her, her Instagram name is Bookie Margoof, which is just a really great name. And she does, she does the 100 Day Project every year. And whether it's nope. during that time or other times, I always am inspired by her projects that she takes on. She's been doing some like painted blocks lately, but she's also the person that did these really amazing pom poms. And she's made these little felt squares that have faces and different things on them. But she's also always trying out new medium mediums Mm -hmm. that yes and she yes that um yeah so lately her newest one that she was playing around with and she just put it in her stories but uh it's it's like a resin based (laughs) material called jesmonite and oh it's totally flammable yeah i mean it's gonna be flammable but I don't know how... At least before it's hard. Exactly, yes. Those fumes are definitely flammable. So it it mixes, but she also does, um, or she tried out, there's a way to do um, terrazzo with it, which if you're not familiar, has like little bits inside of the resin to make... You you may have even seen like bowls that have this, like resin or um, acrylic type bowls that have the little flecks inside of it. So she... Bookie Margu. No, I didn't know that's what that was called. I, I don't know that that's using jesmonite for those, but terrazzo is the what is the term that is used for having those other bits inside of it. Yeah. So when I was having a conversation jesmonite. about this with my dad, he was like, "Oh yeah, t- uh, terrazzo is when you'll see pavement like that has little glass bits in it to add that fleck to it." So I like that. Yeah, it's really cool, and. So for this, she bought the kit and has started molding it right away and mixing up the different colors and setting up because you can set pieces in it. Like with the terrazzo stuff, she's made layers of elements to create like a face inside the molded jesmonite. Oh, it's a construction product. It's used in a lot of different ways, but no, but I mean, yeah. like an industrial. Yeah, you can product. use it for that, but also I saw like they've used it for like decorative elements for in houses and things like that. It's really cool, but oh, it's cool! It looks like the fake. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It looks like like the fake. Um, oh, what are what is it called? It's the tables. 
like the 1950s table. Yes. Um, almost um, like the linoleum. Well, not linoleum ones, but you know, linoleum, old vintage linoleum did have this kind of look to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but um, it's, it's cool. It's very cool. But I think like, and as soon as I started talking with my family about Jesmonite, they're like, so are you going to get a kit and try it out? And I was like, well. <laughs> I kind of want to get a kit and try it I out. I do. I, you know, it's again, I, I saw kits for like making coasters and other things with it. I'm not sure how I would apply it to the types of things that I do other than to just make right. some for fun. So I'm not quite ready to jump into this yet. I will say that. But I feel like fun is a perfectly good reason. Yes, it is. I don't have the space in my life for it at this moment, so I'm resisting buying another <laughs> Has thing. Has that to ever store. stopped any of I, us? Well, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. It's. You would spend somewhere, I think, between thirty to fifty dollars for Ooh, a kit. It's not. You can make jewelry. Yes, I could make like jewelry and stuff. That was that was exactly where my my mind went early on. Although I have to say, the stuff that Bookie Margoof is doing with it is so cute already and she just started playing with it but really i think that was what i wanted to talk about more than even the jesmonite itself it's just that this this person just inspires me with her experimenting with different kinds of techniques to produce sometimes things that look very similar it's all in her style but hmm. she digs into these things and i don't know i feel like this is like this week in very serious crafters or something. It's just like <laughs> I like that. Well, that's really brave to do that. It is. Like, and I I just I admire that and I think that sometimes I sometimes I am like that, but I want to be more like that. I want to be more like her is really what the entire point of this is. <laughs> I am not at all like that, I don't think. Uh I don't know. I think that you have elements of that in your willing to go deep on like the rabbit trail of yeah. well i go things. all in on yeah thing. yeah so but i think I'm you have that generally but... an experimental kind of yeah um i don't see a thing and and think oh i'm just gonna play with that it's fine if i'm bad at it yeah she <laughs> definitely has the follow-through going for her yeah I, I have less of the following. Yeah, I, that's, that I, that's, is, that's exactly. I think that's right. That's where I would, would like to uh, have oh, more Oh, I'm that, looking so. at her stuff. Wow. Yeah, cool. isn't it? Like, she just does really, and I mean, again, follow through is the right thing there because she has completed multiple 100-day projects, which, again, if you don't know, it's basically taking 100 days in a row and making or doing a thing every day for those 100 days, and she's stellar at it she's had a few that i have stalled out a little bit but those no. that no i get busy but, okay <laughs> but you would also like how she documents it that would you would get very into that part of it so i encourage yeah, you to, i'm looking at her um instagram uh -huh. right now and finding it to be very satisfying uh -huh. yeah yeah anyway that's all that that is that's all i just i, I wanted think to share that I keep hearing about resin crafts like, like in the last, like since the beginning of the year. I think they might be because 90s, I think they might be the hot new thing. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, they and they are kitable, and everyone ago. is looking for kits. Yes. Mark I, my words, America. <laughs> did I show you guys the um, thread spool resin bracelet that I made? Years yes, it's one of yes. my favorites of your projects. I all time. love that thing, and I've nobody. It never took off. Instagram um, it now. I will. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> um, but and I also did um, pendants with thread and pins and stuff like that in them, and I loved them. And they just—it was at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird, isn't that crazy? Weird world. Mm-hmm. If I would have released uh, my first latchkey pattern two years before when I did, I might never have gotten a book. That's true. Yes, yeah. from just from SEO. Yep. No, oh, it is <laughs> super strange to think about. Just hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The world is chaos. Oh. <laughs> this is why we do crafts. That's right. Uh it's true. So that's what has has had me excited the last couple of days. How about you, Haley? Well, I learned about a thing I had never heard of before that is a mixture between crafting and a scavenger hunt. That's always um, a good combination. Yeah, so um the co-host of my other podcast. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. I just realized yeah. crafting and scavenger hunt is like me prepping for a project. It's me like <laughs> digging through all of my stuff. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, that's very. All right. that, is, that is accurate. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, that is entirely true. So um, the co-host of my other podcast, Natalie, uh, brought this to my attention. Um, Ooh, I think Haley, she and tell us about your other podcast while we're on the subject. I think I told you about it. Do last it again. Time. Do it again. Okay. Um, I have a new podcast called the Bones and Bobbins Podcast, and it's uh about creepy, crafty, morbid things. Yes. So you know, like the weird stuff that. Victorians used to make. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway. more Haley content. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I. You think I'm weird here? <laughs> Just um, uh, in the immortal words of Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so letterboxing. Yes, is this thing, and. I guess it started uh, on the moors and started as as this way for people to send actual mail. So I guess on um, Dartmoor um, in Devon in England, someone who was like tromping around the moors placed a bottle for visiting cards, um, which I assume are not dissimilar to calling cards traditionally, okay. although I'm not entirely sure, like a, a sealed bottle at this pool for people to leave their cards in and for other people to find them. And then it sort of evolved into people who were sort of into walking and exploring basically hiding containers in different places with postcards in them and then whoever would find them would 
mail them. And so, uh, and leave postcards for the next person to find. And sometimes they would be like self-addressed. Sometimes they would be to other people. And it was just this sort of fun thing to see what happened with them. And that, it would seem, was more or less how it was until, like, the 70s. And then it seems to have started to spread mostly in the UK. And um, it became more or less what it is today, which is hidden, water-safe containers. And as of now, they are containers that are hidden often in nature, um, but also in like in public places broadly, mm-hmm. but often like if you're a trail hiker or something like that. But they contain logbooks, and often they those logbooks are just really interesting pieces of art themselves, like collage art and stuff like that. And inside those logbooks, um, there are pages for stamps. And so in the letterboxing culture, you carve your own stamp, like your own personal signature stamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you place your signature stamp in the logbook and then the actual box itself has its own and so you stamp the boxes stamp in your book (laughs) and so then there are all manner of because humans like to make things complicated there are hitchhiker boxes that um, have to go along with other boxes, or if you find one, you have to take it with you. And there's just a, and clues to boxes that are hidden in other boxes, and they're called a bunch of different things. Um, there's different names for certain things in the UK and in America, because heaven forbid America do anything um, well, just normally. And is that like... So I've heard of geocaching, and is that an American term? Because it's very similar. If it's not, if it isn't the same, it's- um, it isn't the same thing, but it's not dissimilar. Okay. So like, um, there are online communities where there are clues or maps to where different boxes are located. Sometimes there are boxes that are only word of mouth clues. Um. And that are passed between letterboxers. There there are just a whole lot of, or a lot of ways that that can manifest. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, So it's basically a scavenger hunt. And you go looking for someone else's art, leave your hand-carved art stamp and stamp your art with theirs and just keep going. And I just think that is so cool. Yeah. That sounds rad. Yeah, Yeah. that is very fun. And I've never done it, and so it's entirely possible. It seems to me like this is a community that um, just 
from how it's been written about that this might be a community that would like to well actually me. Um, <laughs> and that is totally fine. If you are a letterboxer and you have some input or if I've got something wrong, please tell me and I will correct it in a future episode. But um, it's just, it's really cool and I'd never heard of it. Yeah, it is. And I, the, the, the stamp element and like, essentially like you're filling a passport with stamps yeah, for yourself and, and then for the, the person that made the box. There's such, and some of these stamps are just so intricately carved and like beautiful, beautiful pieces of art. And a lot of the log books are just stunning. I feel and like. And so it's really cool. I feel like Heidi Kenny of My Paper Crane and her boys when they were younger used to do this or something similar together. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that maybe even be would have been one of the first people that I heard about that from. Yeah, it's it's just very cool. And Aaron's like, wait a minute. I I like mysteries and I yeah. like crafting. I do not, however, like the woods. <laughs> so, yes. Now if you were yeah. if you were able to go to Dartmoor, it's not necessarily the woods. Well, no, but in America. But in America um, it it's would involve in- a lot of that again <laughs> and there are like rules for not accidentally killing other people so like you aren't allowed to say put it on a cliff right um like there are right. technically not rules but there are unwritten rules that apparently there's big drama if you do not that i mean them. that makes sense also just yeah. see my previous remarks on nature <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, it, on one website that I went to, that I will link to in the show notes, there's an entire section on safety, um, and it's split into two parts, a- and one of them is like contains personal physical safety advice like what to do if you meet a cougar what to do if you meet a bear what to do if you meet someone with a knife like okay (laughs) and like huh i'm out and you know how things exist for a reason yes generally speaking exactly (laughs) anyway so that that is a rabbit hole i went down this week nice i approve yeah yeah, that's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except I'm not leaving the house. Yeah. Also, like a letterbox in my apartment. That actually could be kind of fun. For my husband, be like, Jeremy, I, I hid something in our 500 square foot apartment. There you go. I wonder where it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, on that note, I guess we're going to wrap it up, eh? Yeah. Yes. All right. It is time. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsor, the Embroiderers Guild of America. Learn more at egausa.org. Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Yes! Yes!
Hooray!